0: Welcome to the Biting Truth Podcast. This podcast aims to cut through all the confusion and misinformation in the nutrition space to give you up-to-date, cutting-edge nutrition advice. This episode is brought to you by our proud sponsors, Salad Servers. Before we begin, we'd like to recognize and respect that we're recording from Gurungai country.
1: Welcome back to season three of the Biting Truth podcast. We have had a big break; some of you may have noticed since we wrapped up season two, and we are very excited to be back in your ears. We have a awesome lineup for this season of lots of amazing episodes that we can't wait to drop for you. But in today's episode, we're going to kick off the season talking all about protein powders. So, what are they? how to use them, do you need them, the different types. There's so much to talk about on this topic. But before we dive into this, let's start by doing a bit of a recap. So I think Adam, you have had so much going on since we last touched base a couple of months ago. <laughs> what have you been up to? Tell us everything.
0: Yeah, well, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the recording studio. We've definitely had a few friendly reminders from you guys on Instagram asking when the potty is going to be back. And we've just been really busy, um, which we'll kind of, you know, go into in, in, in some more detail in this episode. But But no, overall, I've been really good. I mean, Christmas already feels like so long ago, but I did have a really nice break, went up to Byron for like a week or a bit over a week and just enjoyed the weather. I feel like for once, Sydney just got a really nice sort of summer break. The weather's been beautiful. I've been loving the February weather and just getting to the beach and making the most of it cannot believe it's already March. I know, until everyone's
1: dying to know. Give us a little update on how Bob's come as
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, it's crazy. I'm in mean, the third trimester now, which is absolutely nuts. So 28 weeks. No returning back now. No, it's like the final stretch is really here. And I'd say kind of the excitement of what's next is actually starting to hit. So for so long, you're kind of just so focused on pregnancy and getting through that. And obviously you have so many appointments and things where now... Ed and I have very much been like, whoa, like, you know, this is, it's 12 weeks away or under now. It just, it's definitely looming. So we really need to get organized, get the room and everything set up. But overall, I've been feeling really good. I'd say like, typically I feel great during the day. And then at night, I feel like don't sleep very well and you feel really uncomfortable The bump is
1: beginning, lots of movement
0: at night, you were saying. Yeah, yeah, lots of kicking and things. And that's probably the coolest part of the whole thing, just feeling the kicks and it makes you really excited. I did have, so my recent appointment, I did find out I have like lower iron levels. So that's probably contributing to why I've been feeling tired. So I've got on iron supplements and maybe we'll look at an infusion if the supplements don't boost my levels right back up. And so are you taking a supplement every day? Yeah. yeah, taking that every day in addition to a pregnancy multivitamin. I yeah, just feel <laughs> so like I'm popping a lot of medication left have right you inside. you had low iron in the past, like before pregnancy? Yeah, I have had low iron in the past. But at the beginning of my pregnancy, it was in normal range, okay. just at the lower end. These little babies just suck it. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> exactly, exactly. All, it's my stored iron that is low. So yeah, that's the, the one right. that I need to bump right up in time for birth. And then I also actually, and this kind of I got diagnosed with, earlier on in my pregnancy but I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So for those of you that don't know what Hashimoto's is, it's essentially an autoimmune condition where your own body sort of starts to attack your thyroid and essentially just results in less thyroid hormone produced which you need, Um, like your bub needs during pregnancy particularly because they, until they have their own thyroid that is producing their own thyroid hormones, they rely on yours. So that was really, that was actually a huge surprise because Obviously, you know, I I see myself as relatively healthy and I've never had any issues with my thyroid before. And this was like completely pregnancy induced. So it just means that the pregnancy hormones, like they can cause all sorts of things like gestational diabetes. Which you've kicked off recently, (laughs) which I do not have. (laughs) And it's like, I think the whole pregnancy journey is so interesting and also like a little bit scary in that at every appointment with every test, you really don't know what's going to hit you you know so often it's completely out of your control and it's just based on how your body does respond to the hormones or you know whatever's going on so yeah there's been a few surprises but i'm on medication for that and it's been totally fine to manage so far so and you're doing so well i think yeah pregnancy
1: i found is a real learning time where you have to kind of lean into it a bit let go of a lot of control because as you said you just don't know there's a lot of little hurdles you have to get through and yeah, you'll come out the other side and it's kind of preparing you for when baby comes and you again kind of lose a lot.
0: <laughs> I feel very us. lucky to have you. Like I have Alex who can really guide me along and I literally just ask questions all the time about preparing, obviously, what, do, what on earth do I need once the baby gets here, but just like all these little things. So <laughs> I'm trying to not say too much. I think
1: that's also exciting for you to just explore and <laughs> oh my girl i can't wait for you to start setting up the nursery i've got to do that i know (laughs) i really need to get to that i've bought a few things but it's just not set up and i'm selfishly excited because whenever i come to anna's to do work if i've got rosie with me i have to literally bring like a -a card and a whatever, like a portable high chair. And so I'm like, hurry up and set up your cots. And then I don't <laughs> the shop. But no. I'm then sorry. my baby has all this
0: second hand. <laughs> it's all being used by little rosy bozy <laughs> I um, we keep it clean. <laughs> but no, it's been a really exciting start to the year. The biting truth, we feel like there's just been so much happening. Feels like obviously all the COVID stuff is well and truly gone. Corporates have been going off. It's kicked off with a bang. We've been partnering. We've partnered with a lot of different new clients as well as all our existing ones. Lots of high schools, brand partnerships, so there's just been a lot of excitement, which I think has been a little bit overwhelming for the both of us because we've both been really busy, but it's been really exciting. And I guess before I jump in and get your update, uh, we are going to continue to do our weekly shares, but I think this week we're kind of going to do one on behalf of both of us. (laughs) And we could say it together in sync with the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were just like so, so, so excited. If any of you follow us on social media, you will know that we recently launched our cookbook. Yep, yeah. and it's just—it's been a long time coming because, you know, we the cookbooks are actually meant to arrive before Christmas, but mm-hmm. it, like everything, you know, it ends up being more complex than you think, and there's been delays. um, But they're here. We love them. They look amazing. You guys have been so supportive. We've sold so many. Yeah, and yeah, just like so many friends and family,
1: but also so many of our amazing community on social media. So it's been so exciting and seeing your creations with our physical book. Yeah, it's just so special to us and we're so grateful.
0: We've been slogging it up to the (laughs) post office (laughs) with all these cookbooks in hands. But yeah, no, I think having a hard copy version just feels really, I think for most people when you're cooking, it's much easier to access recipes when you have the hard copy version in front of you. We've obviously had a digital version for a while, but this one, Also has new recipes and new designs, and we've also added nutritional information so you can know how many calories and protein and things in each meal. So hopefully that will be useful for you guys. Yeah. I mean, literally the amount of times we just had to like do
1: like edits and we found errors. And you know, it took a long time getting it ready for the stage of printing and reshooting photos and things like that. So we're dreading when (laughs) the first person fired (laughs) they're still still not there last. No, I need to know our next print run, but So far, so good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Alex, how have you been? Can you give us a little bit of an update?
1: Yeah, I've been good. I had a lovely break, which as you said, feels like a long time ago. Christmas and everything, relatively low key. But yeah, we had Rosie's first birthday in January, (laughs) which was very exciting. And yeah, just like nothing like a child to really put a Mm timestamp on. You realize how quickly life goes, so... That was really special. How's Rosie doing? Yeah, she's good. I've she started daycare at the end of January. So last year I was sort of juggling it with my mum helping and just, you know, trying to do bits and pieces when she was asleep. But this year she started daycare. She's there two days and then my mum's still helping out a bit. So I'm <laughs> <I> love grandparents. <laughs> I'm trying to work four days, which as you would know, when you run your own business, I've really. It's really hard on that last day to just be like, do not do work. But I find myself on that day, you know, maybe I'll test a recipe or do meal prep or something like that. But yeah, the balance is really good at the moment. I feel like she's settled into daycare. She seems to be enjoying it. We haven't had too many sicknesses yet. And I just feel like it's giving me time to really sink my teeth back in without worrying when she's going to wake up next. How long have I got?
0: Yeah. yeah, So it's been really good. As you said, we've had a great start to the year. It feels like we're really going... Because we've also had some, there's a really exciting product, new product development we're working on at the moment, which is like a toddler subscription program. It hasn't launched yet, but we're hoping in the next month, let's just say. Yeah. It's it's a good one for anyone that has little kids.
1: Yeah. And we'll be sharing more about that in upcoming episodes. But yeah, we have a lot planned this year. So stay tuned. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really good one. Somehow got a figure out how we're going to manage it when Anna has her baby but you know we everything <laughs> will we'll get there and
0: yeah we'll, we'll learn it on the go for sure. Okay, should we jump into the episode on protein powders now?
1: Yeah, so we literally get so many questions on this topic so we thought it would be a great one to kick off this season and we're going to start by I guess first looking at how much protein do you actually need because I think for a lot of people and this is something we we'll often go through with our clients.
0: Yeah. So we generally recommend that you aim to have between one and one and a half grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And that sort of spread throughout the day. So as an example, if you have, you take someone who weighs 65 kilograms, they need somewhere between 65 grams of protein and 98 grams of protein throughout the day. And essentially where you fall between that one or 1.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, is just based on how much activity you do. So, the more you exercise or train, you have a higher protein requirement because when you do train, your muscles break down. Yeah. And I guess to put that into perspective, so as Anna said, if we had a 65 kilo
1: person, they would need anywhere between 65 and 98 grams of protein. So, an example would be like a 100 gram piece of chicken, so roughly a hand sized piece of chicken would give you about 20 to 30 grams of protein. So, we know we're talking a lot of numbers here, but yeah, that's just roughly what Yeah,
0: essentially as a starting point, whatever your weight is, you need that many grams of protein a day, maybe a little bit more if you train more. So that's like a that's a good way to start. You can do that calculation if you sit there. Yeah.
1: And in order to reach your target, what's really important is focusing on how much protein you're consuming at each of your main meals and at snacks, if you're someone that snacks. And ideally we would be saying that you should aim for
0: around 20 to 40 grams of protein per meal. Yeah. And so more isn't necessarily better when it comes to protein. Really the body effectively digests and absorb up to 40 grams. But for a lot of people, you know, around that 20 to 30 grams will be plenty of protein per meal. But say you end up getting 60, 70, 80 grams. In most cases, you're actually just going to end up eliminating that when you go to the bathroom. Your body can't effectively digest and absorb that.
1: Yeah. And so that drip feeding of protein throughout the day is what's really important. We hear a lot about recovery and nutrition and that anabolic window or that window of opportunity. And that's really important too. But getting that even spread of protein throughout the day
0: really does make a difference. So essentially kind of 20 to... 30, 40 grams at breakfast, at lunch, at dinner, and then a little bit less, you'd be having it at snacks, maybe around 10 to 15 grams of protein at snacks would be sort of an ideal amount to get in at snacks.
1: Yeah. And doing this is what really helps manage appetite and it also optimizes muscle recovery and
0: development. Yeah. It can make a really big difference. If you do train a lot, if you get plenty of protein, it will actually, you know, help your muscles recover, so you don't feel as sore the next day. Whereas if you don't have enough protein in your diet, you will find that your muscles are more achy and it's harder to go again.
1: Yeah. So we said we're talking about protein powder. So what actually are protein powders, Anna?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess in a real, you know, sem- simple de- definition is that protein powders are a really concentrated source of protein. So we know that we can get protein through food by eating protein-containing foods like beef and chicken and eggs and tofu, legumes and things, or you can get protein via a supplement form and that's essentially where they've extracted it and it's really concentrated. So you get a lot of protein in it in a small amount.
1: Yeah, and there are so many different types of protein powders that can be based on different ingredients. So you have whey and caffeine protein and they're derived from cow's milk but then you also have things like soy protein rice protein hemp protein pea protein there's lots of other ones yeah, there's yeah. lots of weird yeah, like ones <laughs> to naked, like,
0: yeah. yeah and you can get beef proteins and yeah. things as well but yeah the one mm-hmm. that we would use with most of our clients and we use ourselves is a whey-based protein which as, as as Alex said comes from cow's milk And it's the most common type of protein used in protein powders because it's really efficiently absorbed by the body, the whey protein. It has all of the amino acids, the essential amino acids, the nine that our body does not make. um, And it's very efficient at building muscle. Yeah, it's rapidly digested
1: and it helps with protein and muscle synthesis.
0: Yeah. So for those of you that have come across any sort of proteins, it's likely that you've heard of the acronyms WPI or WPC. And there's a good chance you actually have no idea what this means. And I find this with most of my clients, they kind of might say like, I've been taking a WPI and and it is useful to know. So
1: the difference is whey protein concentrate or WPC contains 70 to 80% protein and it does contain some carbohydrates. So it has some lactose in there. And this is particularly good for more active people because you're also getting that carbohydrate. It's often also a bit cheaper, which is important to note. However, on the other hand, whey protein isolate or WPI contains around 90% protein. So it's a bit more like concentrated. That protein has been isolated. So it contains less fat it almost has no lactose. So for people that are lactose free, it could be lactose intolerant, it could be a better option. And yeah, it's particularly helpful in building both muscle and also helping with weight loss. Yeah.
0: Because it's lower calorie essentially. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So look, both WPC and WPI, they're both really good sources of protein. There's not a huge difference overall, other than the slight differences in protein and carbohydrate quantities. As Alex said, she like the WPC tends to be a bit cheaper because the WPI has a bit more protein. But for me personally, I use WPI because I, I when I usually add a protein powder to my smoothie, that's the only way I have it. And I already have oats in there, so I already have some carbohydrates. So I like to just get that more pure form of protein powder.
1: Yeah, and you'd also be adding some milk, which again would give you a bit more carbohydrate as well. So yeah, it, it really depends, but I'd say virtually there is such a small difference. And for a lot of people, if it's coming down to price, then go for a WPC because it is going to be a bit cheaper and there's hardly any difference nutritionally.
0: Yeah. Okay, so when it comes to protein powders, let's have a chat about where they play a role like what clients would we recommend a protein powder to and who might n- not find a protein powder useful
1: yeah so firstly i think it's good to start by saying that protein powders are not something that everyone needs to be consuming or taking
0: just because it's a trend does not mean that you need it to be healthy and i think this is where nutrition can be dangerous sometimes because you might hear a lot about it and protein powders we do we see a lot of people on instagram posts about it we find them in magazines a lot of people can kind of assume like, oh, I must need one of these to be healthy and this is not the case. Yeah. And that's where you might even have one in your
1: cupboard and you don't even know, like often we'll ask clients, what type of protein powder are you taking? And they can't even tell us because they just don't even know much about what they're having. You do not need a protein powder to reach your daily protein needs. In, In Australia, protein deficiency is very rare. And it really is possible to get enough protein through food. So don't feel like it's something that
0: you need to take. And that's because we find protein in so many foods. So as long as you have kind of like a well-balanced diet and you eat regularly, it is likely you're going to be meeting your protein requirements through food.
1: However, in saying that, there are cases where protein powders are really useful. So firstly, I think the fact that they're such a convenient option works for a lot of people. They're a really quick and easy way to get protein in, especially say after workout, if you're on the go, if you're going straight to work from the gym for a lot of people, that can be really helpful. You can kind of make it the night before or the morning and then take it with
0: you. Yeah. If you don't have that much of an appetite after a workout, you know it can be a convenient way to know that you're getting sort of 20 to 30 grams of protein in.
1: Also for our weight loss clients, people looking to lose weight, Protein powders can be really helpful, particularly as they help to regulate hunger hormones. So they can help people to feel full and less likely to maybe snack on more convenient kind of foods or overeat at their meals. They can help preserve muscle when someone's trying to lose weight. So obviously with weight loss where most cases we're aiming for fat loss. So we want to preserve that muscle and protein powders can help do that. However, you could also achieve the same effect just by having a high protein diet. So you don't necessarily need to have these supplements, but it does work better for some people.
0: Yeah. Protein powders can also be really beneficial for someone who is lean, looking to build lean muscle tissue. So particularly if you do a lot of exercise and you know weight resistance sort of training, your protein requirements are higher. So I have some clients who pro- daily protein needs are, you know, over 150, maybe up to 170 or so grams of protein a day, and that can be make it a little bit more tricky to reach through food alone, particularly if they don't like to snack or don't have a huge appetite. And this is where, you know, protein supplements absolutely can play a really important role as a quick and easy way to get some extra protein into the diet. Um, also for people that do travel a bit, you know, sometimes when you travel, the options that you have available might be really low in protein, so having traveling with a bit of protein powder can be a great way to make sure that you are still reaching your daily protein requirements. Vegans would be another vegetarians and vegans, essentially, because they end up having to cut out, you know, certain foods from their diet, particularly some of those high protein foods like those animal based sources of protein. Often, if it's not well planned, that's not impossible to reach your protein needs through, you know, eating plant based proteins, but it is a little bit harder. So sometimes we would look to add, you know, like a soy-based protein or a hemp-based protein powder in there to help vegans or vegetarians to reach their daily protein requirements.
1: Yeah. And I think the bottom line is that we would never recommend that you use protein powders to replace food. Protein supplements aren't going to give you other nutrients that say eating a food source will. So for example, if you think about, say, Yogurt because we love yogurt and we consider it to be like a superfood. Like a small tub of Greek yogurt would give you roughly the same amount of protein that you get in a scoop of protein powder. But with the yogurt, you're also getting things like calcium, vitamin B12. You're getting probiotics. So you're getting so many other nutrients that that protein supplement can provide. So you know, food is always going to be the better choice. But there's certainly a place for protein powders if you want to choose that if you want them in
0: your diet. And this is a conversation I often have to have with my clients. You know, I have some, especially, you know, men that might be going to the gym a lot that will maybe be having three protein shakes a day. And I kind of, you know, have to have that conversation where that might not be doing harm, but really you're not actually getting enough of your other micronutrients or macronutrients in. So you're well and truly going way over protein, but protein isn't the only important thing here. You know, When it comes to muscle development and things, we also need zinc and iron and we need all these other micronutrients. So we do want to definitely focus on getting it through food and then use a powder to supplement as the name infers. We want it to supplement a healthy diet. We're going to take a short break now to mention our podcast
1: sponsors, Salad Servers. Do you struggle to prepare healthy lunches and dinners throughout the week? If so, check out Salad Servers. They sell a range of healthy and delicious pre-made salads, soups and meals to help take the stress out of mealtimes. You can purchase them directly from the Salad Servers website, or buy at your local supermarket. Anna and I are huge fans of their salads and we regularly order them when we have busy weeks to make sure that we can still prioritize our health. Okay, so if we are going to chew the protein powder, what should we be looking for?
0: Yeah. So there's obviously so many different protein powders on the market and it can be really overwhelming. A lot of people will ask us, you know, what protein powder do you recommend? So essentially in terms of what you want to look at when it comes to a protein powder, firstly, you want to look at the source of protein. So where does it come from? As we said earlier, you can get protein powders that, um, you know, come from cow's milk, whey, casein, or it might be based on soy or hemp or whatever it is. Go. There's lots of unusual ones. Our preference is usually a whey-based protein powder, so that's from milk. But if you are looking for a plant-based protein powder, you know, we usually recommend a soy-based protein powder or a blend of pea and rice. That can also be quite good. You also want to look at
1: any other ingredients the protein powder contains, so things like sugars or artificial sweeteners. Most protein supplements are going to have one of these to make it actually taste okay. But, you know, just being mindful of the quantities too much, say, artificial sweetener can contribute to things like headaches or gut issues.
0: So, just really having a look on the ingredients list and being aware. And that's another reason you might not want to have, you know, several protein powders or bars and things a day because if you're having artificial sweetener, you know, three, four, five times a day, that might have some unpleasant side effects. It can influence your gut health. You know, it can give you headaches and things. So just be mindful of that. And also the- looking at what else you're consuming mm. in your day that has artificial sweetness, whether you have things
1: like, you know, sugar-free, soft drink, things like that. Yeah. Um, also ideally choosing a protein supplement that has little or ideally no additives. So keeping an eye on things like thickness, gums, powders, other, you know, things in the ingredients list that kind of don't make sense or you know hard to understand
0: ideally the minimal ingredients list are what we want yeah and some protein powders the ingredients list will you know be a <laughs> huge long list and they're all gonna you know have some ingredients that you might not recognize it is a processed form of protein so you know we're not advocating it as the most natural form of protein but it does have a role but there are definitely better protein powders than others
1: All right. And what about if we're consuming too much protein? Is this an issue?
0: Yeah. So you definitely can consume too much protein and people generally do consume more protein than they need. The good news is that in most cases, consuming more protein than you need is unlikely to be harmful in that the body usually just excretes it through urine. Although in some certain circumstances, if someone has an underlying kidney issue, it can have quite detrimental impacts. Also for someone that is looking to lose weight, if you're having way too much protein, excess protein can end up in sort of fat. So that might end up, you know, getting in the way of you reaching your weight loss goals. So overall, it's not something we need to be too worried about, but we do want to look at having a balanced diet and protein is not the only important nutrient. I think sometimes people can be led to believe protein's all that matters, but we need carbs, we need fats, we need our micronutrients. So, you know, we we want to have a balanced approach to this and... Yeah, not go too overboard with the protein, people.
1: Yeah, and I guess just on that note around too much protein potentially contributing to weight gain, this is something we see with a lot of clients that we're working on for weight loss. And to give you an example, I have a client I've been seeing recently who, you know, was quite fixated on the amount of protein that he was consuming and he was, you know, consuming quite large portions of meat, so like around 250 grams plus having protein shakes and really had that sort of phobia around carbohydrates and thinking that he really had to be cutting those out to to lose weight. And, you know, when I was sort of showing him visually that, you know, if he cut down his protein intake to around 100 grams of that meat portion and he could add in like two potatoes or Mm. half a cup of rice or a cup of rice and, you know, looking at that the calorie difference there he was really surprised and i guess it is just a reminder that yes if you're consuming loads and loads of protein it is going to impact your ability to lose weight because it's a lot of those foods are also high in calories. Yeah,
0: no, that makes sense. Okay, so to finish up, let's have a chat about how we might incorporate a protein powder into a diet. I, you know, for a lot of people who might be listening who either have never tried it or, is, uh, you know, potentially considering having a protein powder, how would you recommend that people actually get a protein powder into the diet? Because there's quite a few ways we can incorporate it.
1: Yeah, well, we'll start by our favorite way to incorporate protein and that is through smoothies. Now, if you've got our cookbook, you know, we have a bunch of great smoothie recipes in there that utilize protein powder. My favorite is our choc peanut butter smoothie. So good. <laughs> but especially if you're someone that you uses like a plant-based milk, say almond milk it's relatively low in protein so incorporating a protein powder into your smoothie would really help bump it up but I guess also you know we if we were going to incorporate yogurt into a smoothie we probably wouldn't also add protein powder because yogurt's a really good source of protein but depending on how much you add yeah yes but you know we find that A lot of our clients, when we kind of look at the, say, they're consuming smoothies, if we analyze those, we see that often they are very low in protein. You know, they can be more like a frappe kind of juice. So adding protein in can help.
0: Yeah, and anecdotally, I can definitely say that when I add a protein powder to my smoothie, I do feel a lot more satisfied for longer. So usually I won't need a mid-morning snack if I've had a protein powder in my morning smoothie, whereas if I do not, I do actually notice that I am hungry and this is that ability of protein to satiate. Yeah. And that, as you said, I don't have yogurt in my smoothie. So I do have a bit of milk. So I am getting a bit of protein, but a protein powder, even if it's just half a scoop, will ensure that you're getting at least that 20 grams of protein at breakfast, which is really important. And most people don't hit the protein requirements at breakfast. And I see
1: I was always a bit skeptical of the smoothies and I know clients are initially we recommend mm-hmm. them, but I've since jumped on board the smoothie bar wagon and I find if I do add that protein in, I'm more satisfied and it does like keep me full till. Most of the time, lunch, I often do like a snack.
0: Um Birch and muesli or cereal is another way where you can get a protein powder in. So, you know, it's simply a matter of, Adding either you know a quarter, half a scoop, a full scoop, depending on what you need to reach those requirements. Again, it is often worthwhile chatting to a dietitian to to understand this and to make it tailored for your diet. You know, add, sometimes they have no flavor at all, but you can get vanilla flavored, you know, chocolate flavored ones. So yeah, you could really, and it will just absorb really into the milk. Yeah,
1: and then also like we often like to add protein powder to things like muffins or loads again we have a few recipes in baked um, goods and some of our meal plans that
0: incorporate these and it just helps it make it a little bit of a higher protein snack you know if you were to have a muffin and added a couple of scoops of protein powders for your about to say 12 it means that each one is going to get you know give you at least four or five grams of protein which is great um, and a protein shake would be another way like where you literally just have protein powder with milk or protein powder with water and again that can be a good snack where you're not necessarily looking at making it entirely balanced like you would in a smoothie, but it's a great way just to boost or bump up that overall protein intake for the day. But Yeah, we hope that clears up some of the
1: confusion around protein powders. If you feel like we've missed something or you have any more questions, you know, you can find us on Instagram at The Biting Truth. Feel free to send us a DM and We'll make sure we get back to you.
0: Yeah. I think overall, what we want to leave you with is like overall, we are a fan of protein powders. The the brand that we do recommend, and this isn't sponsored, is True Protein. People ask us all the time. So we thought we would just recommend that, but there are so many good brands. So it's really up to you to determine what you like, what works for you. And I think the important thing is not just to jump on the trend of protein powders for the sake of it consider if it's suitable for you, work with a dietitian, you know, to determine how much, what type and all these sorts of things.
1: Yeah. And remember that most people can reach their protein requirements through food alone. So it's not something that you need to be having, but if you want to try it, then yeah, consider what we've spoken about today.
0: Awesome. Well, that is a wrap for episode one of season three. Thanks so much everyone for listening and your support. And we would love you to jump on wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a rating and
1: a review, share it with your friends. And yeah, we'll be back for our second episode next week. Bye. Bye.